and there is a healthy way to to confront an issue or problem or situation or a person. And so uh, let's uh, let's delve into uh, the scripture text. Let's, first of all, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you again for another day, another opportunity that you've given us to be alive and well. Lord, we pray that you would just guide our footsteps and help us to, to gain wisdom and understanding. Lord, we realize that uh, if we are going to be all that you call us to and ordain for us to be, we must submit our will to your will. And so right now, God, I, I submit my will to your will. Pray, God, that what we say tonight, God, would have kingdom impact. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse number 15, the familiar passage of scripture, uh, we'll, we'll go there. Uh, because uh, one of the things that, uh, eight, Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse number 15, one of the things that um, uh, I've become keenly aware of uh, particularly in the last 10, 12 years of my life, is, is that this, this issue of being able to have healthy relationships is critically important uh, to what God wants to do in our life. Uh, many of us are in relationships of various degrees, whether it's our family relationship, whether it's a work relationship, whether it's a church member, the church member relationship. And all these relationships are are, are, are there for us as human beings because God designed it to be such. God never designed any of us to live in isolation. Okay, y'all with me? He never designed for any of us to live in isolation. He desires for us to connect. One of the things that we talk about with all of our new members uh, when they come in and we do the new member class, one component of the new member class speaks of authentic community. Everybody say authentic community. An authentic community just is a fancy way of saying that we need to have genuine relationships. We need to be connected to people in such a way that that connectivity is strong enough to where we can deal with stuff that we need to deal with. How many of you know that even within the church, uh, even within our families in the church, many of us are in relationships and we are connected, not even fully, because we haven't learned how to healthily confront issues that are part of the relationship. And when we will learn how to do that and be biblical with it and, and have the courage and the faith to say, you know what, I'm going to do this God's way. Maybe that's not my personality. Maybe I grew up shy. Maybe I grew up in a family where we didn't talk about anything. We didn't confront anything. Maybe the relationships that you've been in the past, you've been afraid to, uh, to confront because you're afraid you're going to lose the relationship. So as a result, the relationship is not healthy and the connectivity is not there and you're not, you're not reaping the benefit of being in authentic community with someone, amen, other than yourself. Amen. And I know people, I know, and I've said this before, you know, I don't need nobody around me. You know, I'm good. I'm cool. I, I'm, I'm happy by myself. But you know what? That ain't biblical. I, okay, can we talk? I mean, I've said that before, you know, I'm good, I'm cool, I don't need nobody around. But you know what? God designed us to be connected with other human beings. And as a result uh, of, that, of, of his design, when we are not connected appropriately, when we don't have the right kind of relationships, then we're not positioned for God to do what he wants to do in our life. Because he wants to use us to bless somebody else. But how are you going to bless somebody if you're by yourself all the time? <laughs> Can I get a witness? All right, so we're talking about healthy confrontation, okay? So let's go to the text. Uh, the Gospel according to St. Matthew, Jesus is talking here. 
And the text says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Next verse says this in verse 16. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by what? Two or three witnesses. Because sometimes when you go to people and it's just you and them and they don't receive what you say, they have one version of the story and you have another version. Has that ever happened to anybody? Well, I didn't say that. Well, yes, you did. Well, no, I didn't. So, but in the mouth of two or three witnesses, we're going to say, if you say, let every word be established. So that, uh, so that when you're dealing with an issue, you, you take two or three other people with you. Now, look at the next verse. It says this. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he, he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. And so what this is talking about is how we as Christians should govern our relationships. We as Christians, how we should govern how, how we connect together in authentic community. But the sad reality is, folks, if we're really honest about it, the church doesn't do this very well. If we're really honest about it, most of us are here don't do, don't do this very well, even in our own families. Can we talk tonight? Many of us sitting here right now, you're good people, you're saved, you're going to heaven when you die. And we're going to shout at your funeral because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But the fact remains, we don't do this very well. We don't healthily confront situations or issues or problems that need to be dealt with. One of the things that we're going to talk about starting Sunday, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, survey of the book of First uh, Corinthians, and we're going to call it scandalous because we're going to talk about the problems in the church. And we're going to, we're going to look a, take an inside look at the church of Corinth and look at the problems, Lou, that were going on in that church and how, how they were failing to address those issues. And the Apostle Paul began to talk to them and the Apostle Paul began to get a little firm with them because they were not addressing problems in the church. The church is such a powerful institution that God left in the earth realm to advance his kingdom agenda. It's such a powerful and important institution that we cannot afford to go on and let problems go not addressed in the church like Corinth was doing. So, so healthy, healthy confrontation. I said healthy. Everybody say healthy. Uh, in our introduction, we said many of us live in two worlds when it comes to relationships. In one world, we have friendly conversations in which we avoid all disagreements. And in, other, in the other, we have major conflict-type conversations that tear everybody and everything up. How many of y'all are in relationship with people uh, and, and you are afraid to disagree with them? Or in other words, when I say afraid to disagree, I mean vehemently have a difference of opinion and you're willing to express that. Most of us have people who we're in relationship when we talk and then when it gets down to, I'm not talking about whether or not the Cowboys are better than the Saints. We can have those kind of surface conversations, right? We'll argue all day long and we'll, we'll give our stats and we'll give our uh, team histories and all that. But I'm talking about when you start talking about real life issues. 
about how you treated your wife, how you treat your husband, or how you're addressing an issue, or how you put your child on birth control, or how you did this, or, or was that right for you to do this? Many of us don't have people who we're willing to go deep enough and have a disagreement or, or, or confront an issue that needs to be dealt with. And so as a result, what happens is our relationships are not authentic to the degree that God wants them to be, okay? So again, it says in one world we have friendly conversations in which we avoid all disagreements. In the other, we have major conflict type conversations that tear everybody and everything up. In the first world, we have, listen to this, in the first world, we have connection without truth. And in the second, we have truth without connection. Now watch that now. Let's read that again. In the first world, we have connection without truth. In other words, we're not really truthful with a lot of people who we are in relationship with. Huh? You know, when someone asks you your opinion about something, you won't even be truthful enough to tell them what you really think. You thought that dress was ugly. And they asked you your opinion, but you wouldn't share what you really thought. Because after all, if I tell them what I really think, it's going to hurt their feelings and then our relationship will no longer be. See, that's not really authentic. Come on, can we be honest? As your pastor... Here's what I'm after. I'm telling you what I'm after. Okay, so after all this is said and done, here's what I'm after as your pastor. As your pastor, I, I, I want to see and I want to encourage all of us to, to, to begin to develop authentic community, authentic relationship to the point that we can help sharpen each other. So that we can become our brother's keeper, so that we can so that we can encourage each other and we can help each other walk this Christian walk because we can't do that effectively if we are not authentic. We can't do that effectively if we don't learn how to healthily confront situations that need to be confronted. Now, I want you to just write something down. Just write the word boundary down, okay? And because you heard, you know. I've talked a little bit about boundaries before, but what is a boundary? A boundary, okay? Uh, simply put, a boundary is your personal property line. How many of y'all own a house or own property? Okay, if you own a house or own property, you can go down to the courthouse, and, and, and especially if you're in a subdivision, uh, your subdivision is platted out. It's, it's, it has a little map that has your dimensions of your property, uh, you know, how, how wide it is, how deep it is on that plat map. And, the, and, and those lines are your property boundary. Okay, within your property boundary, you can, you can build what you want to build, all things being equal. If you're in a neighborhood that has covenants, you can't just build what you want to build. And see, neighborhoods that have covenants are there to protect the integrity and the value of the houses. Y'all following me? In other words, if you now some people don't live in a neighborhood that has covenants. So if you build your four thousand square foot brick house with three car garage that you think would value for whatever four hundred thousand dollars, but then you have somebody else come over and track park a raggedy trailer right next to your house, then you get ready to try to sell your house, and the person who says that's a lovely house, but I don't want to be right next to that raggedy trailer. Are y'all are y'all following me? A covenant. In a neighborhood, prevents the raggedy trailer. Not that they're against the raggedy trailer. They just said that that's not conducive for the style of neighborhood that we want. Is everybody with me? 
All right. So, so again, I don't know what they got to do with tea in China, but you know, if you go to build a house, be careful where you build it. Amen. <laughs> but a boundary tells you what property. It's, it's your property line. It defines who you are, where you end, and where others begin. It refers to the truth, to reality, what it is. So that's what a boundary is. It's your personal property line. Boundaries help define who we are in our relationships. Is that right? Boundaries help define who we are in our relationships. I said boundaries help define who we are in our relationships. If you are in a, an employer-employee relationship, constant, uh, your, your employees can't come up there and touch you like Danny touched you. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Are y'all with me? Because there are boundaries to that relationship. Can I get a witness? And if somebody does come up and touch you the way Danny touches you, then you have a, 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 the opportunity to, to get them for sexual harassment. Are y'all following me? Okay? All right? And the same goes to others. It, it defines who we are in our relationship. Uh, when we know what we want and and what we do not want and what, and what we are for and what we are against, what we love and what we hate and what, what, what's me and what's not me, then we, what we're doing, we're setting our boundaries. Can I get a witness? Even in a relationship, there are certain things, a husband and wife, a husband likes like something, a wife may not like something, so they're setting boundaries. So when we look at this thing, we talk about healthy confrontation, uh, boundaries are, 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 are real important that we, that we have those, those, those property lines which says, here's who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm not going to do certain things. Are y'all with me today? Uh, go with me right quick to um, Matthew, the fifth chapter, uh, verse number 37. People with good boundaries are clear about their opinions, their beliefs, and their attitudes. Amen? And, 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 and Jesus taught it this way. He says, Jesus... Just say a simple yes. Back up to the previous verse. He says, uh, he says, do not even say by my head for you cannot turn one hair white or black. In other words, don't, don't go out trying to swear or have to make some kind of uh, 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 confession to, 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 to answer somebody. He says, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. In other words, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Be a person of integrity, okay? People without clear boundaries are unsure of what their, what their opinions are, what their feelings are, what their beliefs are. I, 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 I am convinced that if we're going to have a strong church, we need to have people who, who have boundaries. We need to have people in the church who understand who they are and whose they are because who I am and who I belong to will help set my boundaries. Amen? Uh, who I am and who I belong to helps set my boundaries because guess what? There are some things that my flesh wants to do, Sean, that, that because I belong to God, I can't do. Are y'all with me? Who I belong to helps to set the boundaries in my life. There may be some places that my flesh wants to go, I can't go because I belong to God, I got a boundary line. Are you with me today? And so that's, that's critically important because as you deal with people in relationships, you got to have certain boundaries. God himself has boundaries. He designed them and lives them out, amen. He's clear on who he is, who he, what, he, what he's for and what he's against 
He's for relationships. He's for truth. He's for love. He's for honesty. And he is against oppression, injustice, sin, and all kinds of evil. Look at what Isaiah 61 and 8 says. Pop that up real quick. Isaiah 61 and 8. Glory to God. Isaiah 61 and 8, real quickly. Glory. The text says, for I, the Lord, what? Love justice. So if he loves justice, that means what? He hates injustice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. So the Lord hates, he hates injustices, right? But he loves justice. Now, again, let, let, let's, let's, let's move a little bit further. Down. It says God did not design us to live in these two worlds, having these two types of relationships. He wants us to live in the one world where he lives and where truth and love coexist as allies and not adversaries. Our connections are best when they are truthful and our truth is best when we are connected. The Bible calls this truth and love. Go to Ephesians 4 and 15. Let's read that right quick. So if I'm in relationship with another human being, which God designed me to be in relationship with other human beings, because again, remember, uh, we, we said it before, and we said it again, uh, our vertical relationship with God cannot be right if our horizontal relationship with people is all out of whack. You cannot be in proper relationship with God and your relationship with people is all tore up from the floor. When you are uh, harboring unforgiveness, when you are harboring all kinds of uh, um, stuff that you shouldn't be harboring and, and, and still think you're okay with God, it's not right. You, you can be thrown off with people, not forgiving people, not speaking to people, and then come in and lift up holy hands and thinking you're praising God. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. It doesn't work that way. Your horizontal relationship with people, amen, will affect how you connect with God. Look at what the text says here. Let's back up just a few verses. Uh, go back to verse 13, if you will, in Ephesians chapter number 4. It says, this will, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Verse number 15, let's read together. It says what? Instead, we will do what? This is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. He says what? Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Now, I qualify that. We will speak the truth. Some of y'all speak the truth, but you don't do it in love. Some of y'all are a little hateful when you're talking the truth. The text says, we will speak the truth what? In love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, right? So everybody say, speak the truth. In love. Everybody say, speak the truth in love. Look at your neighbor and say, speak the truth in love. Okay? Speak it in love. Speak it in love. Speak it in love. Now, uh, 
people, here's why I think we struggle with healthy confrontation. We struggle with healthy confrontation because, uh, you know, a lot of us have had experiences in relationships uh, that, that didn't turn out so pleasant. And so what we begin to do, we begin to avoid conflict and confrontation at all costs. Because either uh, we didn't handle it very well or we didn't handle it at all, or we ran from it, or maybe we grew up and uh, we, maybe you just grew up and you were a person who didn't, who, who never really told people how you really felt or what you thought or what was true and what was not true. Uh, and so as a result of those experiences, maybe you, maybe you were in a relationship with somebody who was, who was so dogmatic and so uh, rough and gruff that you were intimidated by them. And you, you never uh, got to a point to where you were able to share what you really thought or to share the truth of God's word with a person. So those experiences uh, will cause us to sometimes pull back from having healthy confrontation. And so you withdraw from them. And sometimes we withdraw uh, because we, we, we're afraid we're going to lose the relationship. I said that earlier. You, you feel that that person uh, is going to withdraw from you either emotionally or physically when you confront something that needs to be confronted. Or we, we, we feel like uh, we're going to be the, uh, the object of that person's anger, so we won't go and confront the issue that really needs to be confronted. Or we, uh, we, 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 we don't want to be perceived as uh, being a hurtful person or wounding somebody or hurting their feelings, so you won't tell that person what they really need to know because you don't want to do what? Hurt their feelings. Huh? Am I, is, is this hitting home with somebody? Uh, are you sitting there listening to me carefully? Because all these things, all these things, all these objections to, to having healthy confrontation uh, need to be overcome because the Bible tells us that, that we, we need to know how to confront situations. And confront don't mean that you got to be an angry, angry, angry woman or angry man. It just means that you got to be a truthful, God-led man or woman who speaks the truth in love. And what I'm telling you is many of you sitting there, out there right now struggle with speaking the truth in love. Many of you sitting out there right now struggle with addressing an issue that you know needs to be addressed. Are y'all following me? You know it needs to be addressed. You know you're feeling a certain kind of way about that person, about the situation, but and then you keep on carrying that certain kind of feeling because you won't healthily confront the situation, okay? Um, and, 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 you know, because you, you don't want to be perceived as the bad guy or the person who said what it means. And, and, and most of the times, guys, other people see the very same thing that you see, but you're in relationship with that person and, and, and you need to get the biblical courage to be able to go and talk to them or be able to share with them or be able to, to have a conversation about that issue that needs to be addressed, okay? So, uh, so uh, again, uh, in Matthew the 18th chapter, Jesus says, "If there's a fault between you and your brother, you go tell it between him and thee and him alone, right? And then if he hears you, you gain your brother. But if he doesn't hear you, take two or three more brothers sisters with you, because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is going to be established. And if he doesn't hear that, then you bring it before the church council, and and the church council makes a decision. But if that person refuses to abide by the decision of the church council, then that person needs to be disfellowship from the church." until they properly address the issue as biblically laid out in the scripture. Can I get a witness today? All right, so, so watch it. Let's, let's look at it right quick. So we see uh, that this is very much needed in our marriages, 
Can't tell you the number of times I, you know, you know, I've, I've talked to and counseled and, we, and when we do marriage fellowships, how, how couples will tell us that they can't talk to their spouse. Now, you live together in the same house and you can't talk. Live together in the same house, sharing expenses, rearing children together, but you really can't speak truth to your spouse. Wow. Because every time you talk to them, they get mad. They raise their voice. They get angry. They deny everything you're saying. Even though it's true, they can't even see their own self. As if you are telling them that to hurt them when all you're doing is telling them that because you need to, them to see themselves and they're not seeing themselves. Is this in home with anybody? All right. So, so what God says is, is that if we're going to be healthy as a church, if we're going to be strong as a church, we can't afford to have relationships that are not authentic. We can't afford to have relationships where we can't talk about what needs to be talked about, that we can't address what needs to be addressed. You know, sometimes in the church, here's what happens in the church sometimes. Uh, even when it comes to ministry in the area of ministry, we can know somebody's not effective doing what they're doing. We can know it's just, it's the, the, the ministry that they're over just died. It's just, it's just dead. Because they weren't anointed to do it. They were just doing it because we needed somebody to do it. And so they, they stepped in and helped. But really, they were not gifted to do it. So they're not gifted to do it. And it's not really, it's not really going anywhere because they can't get nobody to follow them because they really weren't a leader in the first place. But they were just helping out. But then we do get somebody who is leading, who is gifted, and we need to make a change. What do we do? Well, you know, Sister Smith don't have that for 15 years, Pastor. If you do it, that's going to break her heart. It's not ministering to anybody. She don't have the gifting for that area. She's a good person, but let's change. She's on the bus. She's got to sit on the bus. It's just it's not this one. She can be beneficial when she's in her right seat or when he's in his right seat. But what do we do? Because we're afraid to do what? Hurt her feelings. We go on suffering through and we know that person is not gifted in that area. Mm -hmm. And then if they do get moved, you start talking about the people who moved them, and you and you you were talking about the person when they were doing it, knowing it wasn't working. So, guys, we got what I'm saying is when we when we when we're in authentic relationships, we can speak the truth in love, and we can recognize that hey, all right, let, let's go and talk, and let's let's strategize on how let, let's place Sister Smith where she will best serve, where she's gifted, and she can be a blessing, rather than the church just tolerating her there. Or tolerating him there. You know he can't really play. <laughs> Have you ever been to one of the churches where you had musicians that they really were not skilled? Because the Bible says play skillfully. And they did the best they could. Bless their heart. <laughs> That's what we say. Bless their heart. And you know. Okay. Somebody's singing. And you know that's really not. And then where do we get this from where everybody got to have a song? Everybody don't need a song. 
in the choir. Some of us are just background singers like myself. I don't need to be leading nothing. But then we, you know, we, 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 we're not authentic. Everybody say healthy confrontation. So in your own individual life, we have to learn to speak the truth in what? Love. Amen. When you speak the truth in love, then we're being obedient to what the scripture teaches us. So, so, what, so, so how do we benefit from healthy confrontation? Let's watch it. Because again, automatically when you hear the word confrontation, a lot of times we get a negative mindset when it, it, it should not be. Because if we're in authentic relationships and we're speaking the truth in love, uh, this don't have to be something that's negative. Okay. It can actually be a help. It can be a positive thing because you can place, you can help get the relationship where it needs to be. Okay. So, so, so the, the, the first thing that healthy confrontation does is that it, it, it preserves love in a relationship. Everybody say it preserves love in a relationship. Well, some of y'all thinking that, well, that don't make sense, Pastor. You just told me sometimes people get offended when you talk, speak to you in love, and they break away from the relationship. Well, where, where, where did love go? Well, when, when you, you and I confront someone, usually one or two things will happen. They will either uh, get mad or, or leave the relationship, okay, uh, and, and, or, or they'll receive what we're saying and recognize that we, we, we're not trying to hurt them, we're trying to help them. That's usually what happens. Is that right? Okay. And, and so, uh, but, but confrontation, guys, is, was not designed to make someone angry or to try to chase that person away. Okay. It, it, in fact, it was designed to do the opposite. Remember what Jesus said. Go, go, go back to Matthew 18, verse number 15. L- listen to what Jesus says here. Watch this. It says, if another believer does what? Sins against you. Does something that makes you feel a certain kind of way. He says what? Go privately and point out the offense. Go privately and confront the person because of the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, what happens? You warn that person back. Because while you were offended, the relationship was off kilter. While you was offended, you, 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 you're feeling a certain kind of way. Guys, this happens in marriage. I'll tell you, uh, even after uh, Maria and I have been married 33 years, there are times when she'll get offended at me and I'll get offended at her. And, and we, we're still in covenant relationship, but when one or the other of us are offended, uh, and, and we're not connecting properly, man, it's a bad feeling. Especially if that thing linger a little bit. I just, I mean, I don't like that. I tell y'all, I, I got to be able to preach freely up here. I, I, I don't feel right preaching and, 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 and my connection with my wife is not right. Okay? Maybe, maybe you can come on and do your thing and, 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 be, and, and go home and argue all night long. I can't do that. All right, so, so I, I want to make sure, and Maria and I make sure we get, we get that connectivity right. We got to address that issue. Because there's sometimes, guys, I'm tone deaf. Any of you brothers got that tone deaf sometimes? You don't get it? And you wonder, what? 
and you know she's mad about something. You, 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 come on. Can I get one brother to, to go with me tonight? You know she's mad about something. You just don't know what it is because the look. Come on now. Rod, I know Tony's giving you that look before. Huh? You don't know what you did. You, you're trying to rack your brain to figure out, what have I done? But when you learn how to confront and speak the truth in love, that person shouldn't be wondering what they've done. You go to them like Scripture says, and you go to them, you warn that person back. Can I get a witness? So first thing, first benefit, is it preserves love in a relationship. It causes the relationship to get back on track because even though you're still in relationship but the other is offended, there's a fence between you guys, uh, then, then even though you're still, quote, in relationship, it's not the connectivity there which causes you not to be healthy, which causes you not to be able to interact and to be able to still sharpen each other and help each other. Are y'all with me today? Okay? So that's critically important. It preserves, it preserves love in a relationship. Okay? The Latin word, write, write this down, the Latin word for confrontation means to turn your face toward. The Latin word for confrontation means to turn your face toward, to look at from the front, okay? It, 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 what it means is, is that you are, uh, you are turning toward the relationship and the person, not away from them. You, you, you're face-to-face, -face, so to speak. In confrontation, people simply face the relationship and deal with an aspect of that connection that needs to be addressed. But again, the reason why I'm preaching this is many of us don't do this very well. Many of you sitting right there saved, born again believer, but we don't do this very well. We sit up, we come to church and have all against somebody in the church. And you, you saw me read what Matthew 18 says. If, if, if somebody sins against you or they offend you, you go to them. Well, I'm waiting for them to come to me. No, you the one offended. You know it. They may not even know it. You go to them. Y'all with me? Are y'all still tracking with me? Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, we got to get better at healthy confrontation. Because I want this church to be a church that deals with issues. Now, now the question may be asked, well, how can confrontation preserve love? Well, basically, it preserves love by protecting the relationships from those elements that will harm it. Are y'all with me? Love needs protection. Everybody say love needs protection. It's kind of like tending the garden. If you want your plants to survive and thrive, you got to do more than just water and feed them. There's got to be some tending. There's got to be some weed pulling going on. Amen. There has to be some what? Pruning going on in that garden. So, so, so when we do this, when we, when we, when we healthily confront an issue... It helps to preserve the love, amen, in the relationship. In the same, you know, uh, you know uh, it helps us to not be disconnected from each other. Now, let's go to the second point. Here. Uh, and, and again, you guys remember, what I quote it all the time over in uh, Proverbs 27 and 6, where it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Y'all know that, right? You, you've heard me say it time and time again. A true friend will confront. They will speak truth in love. A true church member who loves you 
uh, man, will, will come and will talk to you in love. Are you listening to me? Now, if you in turn have someone come to you and talk to you in love, and then you turn around and tell them, stay out of my business, you the one with the problem. I'm telling you right now, you the problem. Because that's not biblical. Now, if, if you had an approach, you are not being biblical. Is everybody still with me? I, I got to talk to you. I, can we talk this way? Because many of y'all sitting there, sitting there right now looking at me know you that kind of person. Hello? All right, watch this. So go to number two. Number two. Uh, we benefit from healthy confrontation because it brings disconnected people together. Healthy confrontation not only preserves relationships, but it also brings disconnected people together. Everybody say disconnected people. All right. So, you know, all kinds of things can cause people to get disconnected, right? I mean, you're in a relationship with people. Somebody says something to hurt your feelings. Somebody does something that, that causes you heartache or pain. Somebody borrows money and don't pay you back. That can cause disconnection, can't it? Somebody borrow your lawnmower, tear it up, and then won't pay to get it fixed. That causes some disconnection, right? Somebody borrows your car and wreck it. Or borrows your car and, and messes it up and then, you know, don't want to pay to fix it, that can cause what? A little disconnection, right? But guys, relationships, again, healthy conversation brings disconnected people together. Go with me right quick, if you will. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse number 11. Relationships are designed by God to be whole, and the more parts of use, like your strengths, your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities, your passion, your desires, and your failures, the more, the more parts of you that are connected to the parts of the other person, the greater the closeness, the greater the depthness of the relationship. If all I know about you is, is seeing you sit there on that pew on Sunday morning, then we, you know, come on, we, we're really not connected that closely. If I never have a conversation with you other than when I shake your hand, you go out the door, and then you run from it, you go this way, Now, maybe some of y'all don't want to wait on the line, so maybe I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Some of y'all go that way because you're trying to hurry up and get out. <laughs> Hello. But guys, if you are, you know, if, if there's no connectivity, if, 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 if all of our conversation is, is just about the weather and about uh, sports, uh, you know, we're not connected at a level that, that – uh, I mean, I mean, with somebody, if we don't have a conversation with somebody who's a part of this church, who you, who, who's, your, who's your part of your family of faith, uh, then, then there's, there's some disconnectivity there that's, that's not healthy. Now, some people, I've realized, want to stay apart because you're sinning. You're doing stuff you ain't got to be doing. So you don't want to be close to anybody who can figure out what you're doing. That's a whole other issue there. You're trying to stay disconnected because you got your little thing thing going on. Below the radar, you know, you, you follow me? What, what I would tell you is, is that uh, there are people who will help you 
And there are people who will walk with you. There are people in this church who won't throw you away because they know your junk. And you got a pastor who won't throw you away because he know your stuff. You follow me? Because I'm going to love you unconditionally. And I'm going to treat you like Jesus wants me to treat you. Can I get a witness? So I don't care how many times you fail. Get back up. A just man falls seven times, but he get back up. He don't keep wallowing. He gets back up. You come on back to the altar. You, I pray for you as many times I need to pray for you. Amen? I'm going to keep loving you too. Watch what the text says here, okay? Are y'all with me? Paul says this. Um, he says, uh, oh, dear Christian friend, Corinthian friends, I'm sorry. We have spoken honestly with you. Watch this. We have spoken honestly with you and our hearts are what? Are open to you. Our hearts are open to you. When was the last time you opened your heart to someone who is not your immediate family or your, or your spouse? When's the last time you sat down and had a conversation with somebody who could help walk through you? Because sometimes you do need to talk to somebody besides your spouse. Now, again, that needs to be your, the primary relationship. But it's good to have somebody else who you can bounce things off. Somebody who can tell you, dude, no, nah, man, you're wrong. Man, you go back and apologize to your wife. What's wrong with you? And then y'all still be in relationship. You need somebody like that in your life. Okay? Okay, watch, watch this now. Verse 12. Come on, let's read. Paul talked to the church of Corinth. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. Some of y'all are withholding your love from this church. You're withholding your love from your pastor. And when I say withholding your love, I mean you're not being honest. Hello, thank you. I got one amen back there. Paul said, this this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth. Look what he says. There is no lack of love on our part, Paul, in his apostolic position of, of authority over this church. He says, but you have withheld your love from us. Verse 13, read. I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church at Corinth and telling them, y'all, you close your heart to me. I, I have apostolic authority. I, I'm, your, I'm your spiritual covering, but you're not opening your heart up to me. You're not being truthful with me. And that's where a lot of you all are. You're not, you're not being truthful with your pastoral authority. You, you're not... You, 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 you 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 only you only gonna let pastor so far into your relationship. And matter of fact, you 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 almost cussed your husband out because he called and said he wanted to set up counseling. Paul says, "I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us." He says, "Are y'all with me? Our hearts are to be open to each other." Where there is some unspoken or some unaddressed or unresolved area of conflicts, it can cause our hearts to be closed. You can start feeling a certain way about a person. You, you close your heart toward that person because of something that went on. Something that happened. Relationally. Okay? So what, 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 what Paul is saying here and what he's telling us to uh, the Bible is telling us is we gotta, if we're going to be authentic, if we're going to be an authentic community, if we're going to have connected relationships, we got we to open our hearts. Okay, we, we, we got to get out of it. Well, you know, I'm just, 
Pastor, I'm coming. I'll be there. You don't be there, Pastor. I'm with you. I, 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 but I ain't got nothing to do with the people at EBC. What's wrong with you? You, you remember EBC? If you think that everybody here is perfect, you got another thing coming. Because your tail ain't perfect either. So why are you talking about everybody else? Are y'all with me? It, it boggles my mind. I am really, I, I'm, I'm somewhat dumbfounded at how we can, can start looking at other folks' stuff and think they stuff stink worse than our stuff stink. I don't know. Maybe we got something going on that we need to address in our own hearts. Okay, so our hearts are to be open to each other. Okay, so so when we got unresolved stuff, let's you know let, let's 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 deal with it. Cause I, I'm telling you, it, it's I have to use marriage as an example because God God used the marriage as an example um, of the relationship between Christ and the church. Like I said, whenever uh, Maria and I are, are uh, off kilter, off base because of whatever, maybe something she said or did, maybe something I said or did, uh, it, it it makes the relationship not very uh, it, it, it doesn't feel right. Okay, and it's not because it doesn't feel right because it's not right. Okay, nothing is more miserable than to be in a relationship with someone yet disconnected from that person at the same time. Don't feel right. Everybody said doesn't feel right. All right, doesn't feel right. It, it could be a parent-child relationship. Okay, but it doesn't feel right. It's it's important, guys. At the heart of this is at the heart of the way God designed a relationship. Relationships are fundamentally about love. Because God's relationship with us is fundamentally about love. Go to 1 John 4 and 7. It's about love. God is love. So when he created us for relationships, authentic community, it's about love. It's about the love. Okay? Watch this now. It says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Come on. Let us continue to love one another. For love comes where? Watch what it says. Now, he's writing to believers. He says, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes where? From God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Can we read the next verse? But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God, how are you going to love God and be God's child but don't love people? Just, just, just tell me, how, how are you going to do that? How are you going to have God in your heart? God loves people, but you don't love people. If, you, if you're struggling with that, you need to check yourself. Check and see whether or not God is really living in your heart. And I, now, when I say that, guys, I don't mean that sometimes you don't have issues and that you don't, you don't have to deal with stuff. That's what we're talking about, healthy confrontation. Don't allow... That thing, that incident, that person, that situation to cause you to be out of lockstep with your God. Healthily confront the issue. Speak the truth in love. Go to the person one-on-one privately, not on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Throw in your mess out there with your little chicken self. Don't use social media to, to, to vent. That's asinine. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's an immature person who does that. You listen to me? Okay. 
Pastor's trying to help you. All right. So, so uh, next one. It, it brings empowerment. Confrontation brings empowerment. Uh, it, it, it brings the ability to make choices and changes in our relationships. God created all of us to be change agents for each other. And we have a responsibility to influence the people in our lives to be the best possible people they can be. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 with me. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. We have a responsibility to influence the people in our lives to be the best people they can possibly be. My question to you are, to everyone else in here, are you influencing and the people in your life to be the best they can be? Or are you dragging them down? We should be, we should be pushing people forward, guys. Now, ultimately, it's going to be up to them whether they move forward. But I, on our part, we got to make sure that we're giving them our best. We're encouraging them. We're pushing them. And, and they got to decide to do what's right. Okay? One thing I've learned, you can't make grown people do nothing. If they don't have a heart and mind to do it, they're not going to do it. They're going to tell you in your face, I, I, I hear you. That's all they're doing, just hearing you. Okay? But, you, but, but, but our, we're going to be encouragers. We're going to learn how to healthily confront situations so that we can have love abiding freely in our relationship. Look what 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says. So encourage each other and do what? Build each other up just as you are already doing. So we ought to do what? Encourage each other, build each other up just as you are already doing. I prayerfully you are already doing it. So uh, uh, this, this healthy confrontation brings empowerment, okay? When we, when we encounter a, a, a long-lasting difficulty in a relationship, especially if we don't have the skill set to confront it the right way or, or we feel helpless about, uh, we, we don't see any change, sometimes we, we, we begin to think that it's, it's a problem that, that's, that's useless. It's going to be that way forever, so we just settle for it. Don't ever do that. Don't ever settle for a relationship to be less than what God called it to be. Are y'all with me? Don't ever settle for a marriage to be just a, 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 a state where you're just living together and, and, and nothing is being addressed and that's just the way it's going to be. I don't care if he or she is that way. You do what you can do and, and I promise you, your action can help change the other person. Quit worrying about the other person and do what God told you to do. Number four, it helps solve problems. Learning to have healthy conversation helps you solve problems, okay? It helps to solve problems when you confront it. You know, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous have a great definition of how to change. They say, we change when the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of changing. Listen to what they said, Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's a lot of truth to that. It says, we change when the pain of remaining the same it's greater than the pain of changing. Problems don't tend to go away by themselves over time. They oftentimes get worse. And, 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 and so that, that's important that, you know, you know, you can't ignore problems and expect them to just get better. It doesn't happen that way. So we got to learn how to healthily confront some stuff. All right, go, go, go to uh, number, number five. We hurried to close. Number five, it helps people to grow emotionally, 
relationally and spiritually. I, I, and I'm, I, can, I, can I just share with you personally? One of, one of the things I think that is, I'm going to go, I'm going to trace it back to the last seven to eight years or so uh, of Marrera and I's relationship where it's, we've gotten uh, deeper and better at being able to share. Now, we're, we're not, again, I'm not saying we all the way there. We're still learning. I'm still learning. God knows I am. But it, it, it is significantly better than what it was uh, when we first got married. And when I say that, I mean being able to address issues and talk through issues and learning how to listen, learn how to, uh, uh, to, to not interrupt and, and not cutting each other off, but hear what the other person is saying and, and, and digesting it and listening and learning and, and, and confronting stuff the right way. Uh, I thank God for that. And again, we continue to trying to refine that and get better at that. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's made a significant difference in how we uh, view each other. So, but, but healthy confrontation uh, will help people grow emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And so when you, when you bring a problem to someone, something, uh, it has the potential to change. But if you never bring the problem up, people will go on doing what they're doing. So healthily confront, okay, because it'll help. It'll help that person to grow emotionally, help you grow emotionally, uh, help you to go relationally, and help you to go spiritually, okay? Uh, and lastly, lastly, uh, it benefits us by it helps people to see the other, see, see other, the other person the, for who they really are. It helps you to see the other person for who they really are. Um, uh, you know, sometimes when you're afraid to tell the truth to, uh, to someone, you end up avoiding that person or withdrawing from them. Now, I want to see the hands of everybody who's avoided somebody or withdrew yourself from them because of some issue that you've had. Come on, be honest. I mean, maybe you were friendly to them, you spoke to them, but you, you know that that, that that connectivity that you once had, you kind of you took a couple steps back. Okay, right? And you avoided that, and so as a result, you know, you didn't have that relational connectivity that you once had. And so, uh, but but what this does is whenever you do uh, get the spiritual boldness and courage to address the person or to address the problem, it, it'll cause you uh, to uh, see that person for who they really are. Sometimes we don't really know and we start assuming stuff about people without ever even talking to that person. Some of y'all assume stuff about people you don't even know them. Hello, church people. You look at them and say, she mean. How do you know she mean? You didn't even spoke, you said one word for in 10 years. How do you know that? Guys, I'm telling you something. Here's what I've learned. And this is, this is over, you know, in year 2020, 2020, it'll be 30 years of pastoralship at this church in 2020. We'll, we'll, we'll be celebrating 30 years of ministry then. And in those, in those 30 years of ministry, guys, one thing I've learned is you cannot assume stuff based on what somebody else said or how something looks from the outside. Sometimes you're thinking one thing and you don't even know that person because you never sat down and talked to that person. You're going based off what your friend said and you don't even know the full details of how that relationship got off base with your friend because they ain't going to tell it. They're going to tell their side of the story. 
I heard a guy say it one time, he says, never judge a person based on what their enemies say about them. Because I promise you, all of us probably got somebody that don't like us as well as we like ourselves. You know, I, I was I was listening. To this I was uh, maybe at the I was I was talking to a young cat from up here in Benton, young cat guy, and and he started he he said something. I, I thought it was kind of well. He, I'm just throw, I'm gonna give it to you the way he gave it to me. He says, "Yeah, they, yeah, they talk about me. You know, they say that I go to that church that I go I go to that church that uh, that that they got that money or talk about that money." I'm like. That church that got that money and talk about that money, I said, where'd that come from? Um, so, 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 when I when I thought about that, I said, you know, I thought about what I'm saying tonight is sometimes people have a perception of you that you're not even aware of. Now, I would like to be the church that got that money. But, you know, I, I know what they're saying sometimes because, you know, one of the things that we like to do is we, we like to make sure that we keep God's house up. And, and so if we if we got to replace something, we want to replace it. Have you ever been to the house of worship and, and, and a door needs to be painted and it needs to be painted for 15 years and nobody paints the door? Have you ever been to a church where, you know, where, where the carpet's got snags in it and it's been snags in it for 15 years, got money to replace it, but nobody replaced the carpet? I don't want to be that kind of church because... If this, if this is God's house, let's make it look nice. Let, let, let's let it represent God. Amen. Are y'all with me? So if you want to talk about that, talk about it. But if God blesses us and graces us to have the resources to, to, to do ministry, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do ministry. But I thought that I, I just thought that was kind of odd that, that maybe that was a perception. But he, here's what I will tell you. Now, somebody did say this. They call us a bougie church, whatever that is. Now, here's what I do know. Uh, one thing about it, <laughs> the culture of this church is, is that we serve everybody and we don't look down on anybody. Now, if God blesses people in this church, we ain't going to stop getting blessed because we tapped into God's greater resources and learned how to tithe and give offerings. And you can drive whatever you want to drive. Live whatever you want to live. Come on. Okay, the sermon is over with. That was just a little thing. That <laughs> My point was, sometimes you don't know who looking at you a certain kind of way, and they don't even know you. That's, that's my point. People don't even know you. So, let us not be ever guilty of making assumptions about people who we don't even know. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. Healthily confront situations, do it the biblical way, and watch God build a stronger connection between you and your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.